you know, going into this Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it, it shocked me. That's Well, here we go. It's last play of the game here. If they don't do it now, nothing's going to happen. Back in the pocket. Looks, looks, fires. Oh, my God, he caught it. He caught it. 10, 5, touchdown. This is Saturdays in the States. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Saturdays in the States. I'm your host, Andrew Parker. And uh, we just finished probably one of the uh, greatest college football playoff semifinals uh, in history, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, first, we want to break down uh, how we're doing over here at Saturdays in the States with our record. As you know, we started a little rough. We started a bit rough. We were at 3-5, and five, but we have gone up to 12-9 and nine overall in our picks, and this is where we are at, okay? We picked UCF properly. Uh, we picked Hawaii properly. Miami put on one of the most horrible offensive showings ever, and they lost. We got Pitt. We got UNC. Uh, however, we did not uh, um, get Wake Forest win. That was a close game, though. A close game. Coach Antonio needed that, but, uh, you know, you take what you can get. Texas A&M uh, got a big win under Coach Jimbo Fisher over Oklahoma State. Um, Iowa ran over USC. They ran over USC. Um Air Force, uh, Air Force, we got that win. Memphis, we were wrong. We were wrong. Penn State's Big Ten mentality just proved to be bigger and better. That That's just what it comes down to. I mean, Memphis, don't get me wrong, they played great. They were coached well for that game. Those players wanted to be there. They showed that they belonged. But at the end of the day, you can't teach size. You can't teach that, and you can't teach what to do with it. And so I think that's one of the things, and even the commentators throughout that game pointed that out, was, um, you know, pig, the Big Ten ground-and-pound, smash-mouth style out won Memphis's, uh, uh, you know, athleticism. It just did, you know. You know what they're going to do, it, just stop it. That's the mentality of the Big Ten, and that's kind of what they showed, that they, out they were more physical than Memphis at the end of the day. And hey, props to Memphis, though. And their new coach, great job to him. He did. He's coached an outstanding game for Memphis, and they're going to have a bright future there uh, uh, for Memphis. So by all means, tough loss for Memphis, but hey, the future is bright. Um, Notre Dame, they ran over Iowa State. Uh, and then we got to the playoffs where we were 1-1. One and one. Okay, now this went exactly how I thought it was going to be. I just didn't think it would have gone that badly for Oklahoma. This is what I thought, okay? So LSU beat the tar out of Oklahoma 63-28. to Joe Burrow threw for seven touchdowns, ran for another. Uh, one of their receivers caught fourth in the first half. I mean, LSU just showed that the Oklahoma and the Big 12 are a joke. They showed everything that I've been talking about this entire season on the national stage. And if you're a Big 12 fan and you're listening to this, you should be ashamed of how your conferences ran in terms of no defense. That is, I mean, you can you can put anything else to blame. You can put that LSU has, has Joe Burrow. You can put the fact that LSU is from the SEC. You can put the fact that um, LSU has better. I don't care. If you are a top four team and you're into that playoff, you must realize that it is all sides of the ball. I don't get how Big 12 teams, specifically Oklahoma, who has gone 0-3 in the playoff, they think they can outshoot these teams. They can do a shootout with these teams and win. That's not how it works, folks. If you're going to be a good, successful team in general, it is an all-team uh, game, okay? You win on both sides of the ball. Your offense executes, your defense executes, okay? 
very clearly, Oklahoma came out of the gun and realized that they were going to have to outshoot LSU, and their defense just didn't show up. Their defense thought that they could do what they had done all season against Kansas State, against Iowa State, against Kansas, against Baylor, and it didn't work. It didn't work. Okay, I know for a fact that that was the mentality at one point. They thought we've done it all year before. We can do it again. And I'm telling you, when you're playing with the big boys, that is not true. That is not true at all in any way, shape or form. Okay, so you can you can say what you want, Oklahoma fans, and we can talk about the Big Ten, all this. I don't care what you think right now. I just want to address the fact that the Big 12 has had a, has had a defensive problem that I've been talking about all season, and we saw it on display against LSU. And you can make another excuse that, that you know, well, you can't make the excuse. You know, some te- teams like say, okay, maybe they were the under- I mean, It doesn't matter. At that point, you're a top-four team. You should be able to hang with the other team. That first game should have gone like the Ohio State-Clemson game. That's a level of competitism. And that will go down um, with the Florida State-Oregon game. That's what that game reminds me of. Maybe a little worse. Because at least last year when Oklahoma faced Alabama, they had a bit of a rally. They made it somewhat interesting. I mean, yeah, they didn't win, and, and they kind of you know got punched in the mouth early on. But at some point later in the second half, early in the in the second— um, some point in the first half or later in the second half, they kind of made a run. Oklahoma, you were roadkill. Oklahoma, you couldn't do anything. Like, my word, and we're ex- supposed to expect to respect you on a performance like that? Come on! End of the day, LSU did what LSU came to do. And I am not surprised at all by how they did. I, I will say this, though. I did expect Oklahoma to put a bit of up more of a fight, okay? So this is what I mean. I expect LSU to beat up on Oklahoma, but I expected Oklahoma to at least kind of make it interesting at some point. I kind of expected them to be down, you know, 28-7 to 7 at ha- you know near the end, maybe make it 14-28 going into the half. Maybe, you know, third quarter make it a little close, but LSU eventually pull away. That's not what happened at all. And, and, you know, I just got done ranting about it, but hey, if you want to win a championship, it's a team game, not an offensive game. I knew you were in trouble when your leading rusher was Jalen Hurts. I knew you were in trouble. That just showed how one-dimensional you were. Anyway, hey, Oklahoma, good job. Big 12, get your defense in line. Or get a defense. How about that? How about get a defense? Okay? That's one of the things that I always think why Kansas is going to be good in a few years. Not immediately, but in a few years, is because... They all their games that they lost, uh, you know, with a few exceptions, were really close. Which means that their that coach, uh, Les Miles, looked at the Big Twelve, the state it was in, coming from the SEC, and thought to himself, he thought, this team can win if they keep defense, uh, if they keep the game close and ugly with their defense, if they keep the games close and ugly by playing good, sound defensive football, they have a chance. And a lot of those games they did. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kansas did not have a good season, but if you look at the score and the numbers they put up, you can tell that Les Miles is just so excited that he's playing in a conference where there's no defense. I'm telling you right now, when Kansas comes out and they start winning 9, 10, maybe 11 games, and everyone's all shocked, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be surprised because I'm seeing the same thing that Les Miles sees, and I hope you were all see- you all saw the same thing that we have been seeing on national TV against LSU was that that conference is a joke with no defense. I'm telling you, that was a warm-up game for LSU for the national title game. That was a warm-up game. That was a warm-up game, folks. 
Next game was Clemson and Ohio State, and this game was everything we wanted it to be. The Oklahoma-LSU game, that was a prelim to the heavyweight title contender of Clemson and Ohio State. And my God, it was an amazing game. It was back and forth, and I'm gonna, I want to address the penalties right now, okay? The targeting call. The targeting call uh, against Ohio State, it, it was ticky-tacky, okay? It was, but... I'm going to say this, I can't argue with the officials, because if you look at what they saw, they were only going off of what they are the guidelines of the job, of the of the rule, okay? If you lead with the crown of the helmet, that is gives the person subject to be disqualified, okay? And I understand that, um, you know, people think that call is questionable, okay? It was close, it was a close call. I'm not going to argue that, it was a very close call. All I am saying is that it, they were they were only going off of the guidelines of the rule. By no means were they trying to to go out of their way to 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 cause. You know, I mean, they were. I mean, they are, You have to realize that they are calling officiating a tightly called game, and they have to make it fair on both sides. They really do. And it's just a shame that because of Ohio State losing, you look back on some of these calls and you think, "Wow, should they have been called?" I guarantee you, if Clemson lost. You would have been looking at a couple of calls too. It's 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 counterfactual thinking. It's you know this happens in sports. It's a shame that it's a thing, but it's a realistic thing. Winning and losing determines you know heavily on how you view a football game. So the the hitting with the crown of the helmet that call, it was close, but I'm not going to argue with it. Okay, that is one call that I will say that they did the right thing there in calling that. And another thing is, folks. I don't mind that call simply because football is such a violent sport. You got to enforce safe tackling, okay? It's not 2006 where you can just plow guys over. I mean, all I'm saying is that, you know, they have to at some point protect these players while also letting them play. And I know one of the things that Coach Day uh, said to his teams: we have to be more violent than them and win this ball game. And I feel that, and, and I don't know the statistics, but it was significant that after that call, um, Ohio State's, you know, did not do as well. And I think that kind of made them a little bit, you know, questionable as to how that level of intensity they could go because they didn't want any of the other guys getting ejected. Um, I think that's kind of one of the things. It was kind of like it kind of stunned them a little bit. The other call that I will say that I do disagree with, though, is the is the fumble, okay? Even if you look at that thing in slow motion, he catches it, takes one, two, I think a third step, and then fumbles the ball. And one of the arguments that they said on TV was how, um, you know, you aren't looking at it at real time and real, you know, I, I don't care because... I acknowledge, okay, with some of these calls, you know, we're looking at them in slow motion when these refs have to make them in a second, like just in a split second, they have to throw the flag or not, you know, so, but here's the deal, in that sense, if you show it, uh, if you slow it down, you see how he was making a football play, you can see how he caught the ball, took a few steps, and it was a fumble. That was a clear fumble, and that was a call that I felt was taken away from Ohio State. The targeting one, Player safety and all of that stuff, I don't blame him for that one. The one I do blame him for is the catch in a few steps, okay? That being said, though, okay, with all of that being said, all the calls, we're getting the calls out of the way. I want to get that discussion out of the way with this game right away. It was one hell of a game. It was everything that I expected it to be. It was back and forth, Clemson versus Ohio State. That was the better of the two games. And as of right now, Clemson is at a 29-game winning streak. If they win the national title, they're at 30. For those of you who are not aware, the biggest um, 
the biggest, uh, the longest winning streak. I want to look it up here real quick. But the longest um, um, winning streak in college football, I believe, was 44 um, consecutive games. Uh, set by Oklahoma. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, one second here. It was 47 consecutive games from 1953 to 1957. To this day, that is the longest football winning streak, which means, okay, assume Clemson wins the national title. All right, assuming Clemson wins the national title. That means that they will have a season and two games to to beat to to beat that record. Well, three games technically, two to tie it, three to to win it. So, they win the national title. That means they would have to go another 15-0, and 0, win another national title, and on top of that, win three more games to claim it as there to push to the streak to 48. Okay? Just saying that. It's hard. It's really, really hard. Okay? But they showed, one of the things that they showed right here in this game, down 16 points, was to not give up and to not give in. I'm telling you this right now, okay? This is, this is the, the mantra of Clemson, is they like to finish. Their whole thing is all about finishing games, okay? And that game, I'm telling you folks, that came down to the wire. And, and one of the things they pointed out was all about how, you know, it was miscommunication where the quarterback thought, were, uh, the quarterback for Ohio State thought the uh, a receiver was cutting to the middle where he cut to the, to the corner of the end zone. That happens, okay? In, in high-state games, there's a lot going on in your mind, and it's a shame that it happened. That's how the game ended. And I'm telling you what, Clemson is an extremely hard-working team, and they know how to finish. The story of the national title game will be, it will be, the team that is more talented against the team that is more coached, okay? Now, what team that is, you can make that decision, okay? Is Clemson the more talented team while LSU is the more coached team? Or is LSU the more talented team with with Joe Burrows and Clemson is the more well-coached team with the 29-game win streak? I'm just throwing that out there. It's going to be who is more talented against who is more well-coached. That is going to be the storyline going into this. And I really don't know. This game, this national title game is going to be just as good, if not better, than the Ohio State-Clemson game. This is going to be uh, an extremely amazing uh, national title game. I could I could picture this game going down with the USC-Texas game. I know. I know. That's, a, that's an extremely uh, hard statement to make. To go down with arguably the greatest game in college football history of USC and Texas. That's a hard statement to make. But I feel like you have all the ramifications there. Okay? You have Clemson on this 29-game win streak. They came off a historic win against Ohio State. A real, real great game. And then you have LSU, a team that has had one of the hardest schedules throughout the entire season. Has a Heisman Trophy winner. uh, And not to mention an amazing athlete, Joe Burrow. I just... I just don't see how this game could be anything less than amazing. I don't. There's so much potential with this national title game that I, I, I just don't know what, what to say, folks. I really don't. So anyway, with that being said, we're now going to backtrack and we're going to start picking the games for the next week, okay? Again, we're at 12-9 and 9, uh, uh, and uh, we got we to gotta kind of move fast because... We, we had an away game yesterday, and so I wasn't able to do my podcast yesterday, so I'm technically making a call right now um, as the game is going on, but it's early enough to where it won't affect anything. So, first we have Western Kentucky and Western Michigan. I'm going to pick Western Michigan. 
Again, I don't know anything about those schools, but hey, Western Michigan. Mississippi State and Louisville, okay? I'm going to pick Mississippi State simply because they are from the SEC, and I feel like throughout the season, they have faced more uh, grueling opponents than Louisville has throughout the season. Cal and Illinois, going to pick Cal. I feel Illinois, even though they have had a really great season under Lovey Smith, uh, I feel like they got a few breaks in there. They kind of got lucky. I feel Cal has kind of had to earn their right into this bowl game. And then tonight, the day, this Monday that I'm posting this podcast, you have Florida and Virginia, okay? And I'm telling you, Florida's been that team that I've criticized all season. I've said that they're the Michigan of the SEC. I've said, um, you know, uh, Felipe Franks isn't that good. Obviously, he transferred, so maybe he realized that. I don't know. But, you know, there's been a lot of drama around Florida, and Virginia's had one great, one hell of a season. They've had, uh, under their under their coach, this is what he built them for, you know? I think this game is going to be close. Florida is a 14.5-point favorite. And Virginia is the un- Virginia has nothing to lose. Folks, I'm picking Virginia. I-, I know I shouldn't. I know I should pick Florida. But, folks, I- I'm a little biased towards picking underdogs in big-time games. I don't know what it is in me. There are moments where I, I-, I shouldn't. But I'm telling you, I love the underdog. I really do. So, going on to Tuesday. You have Virginia Tech and Kentucky in the Belk Bowl. I'm picking Virginia Tech. And the main reason why is because they themselves had just as good of a season and it came down to their arch rival of Virginia. By no means are they any less good than, than uh, Virginia play, playing in the, in the Orange Bowl. I'm picking Virginia Tech in that game. Florida State and Arizona State. I'm picking ASU. I think that Florida State, they're lucky to be in a bowl game. I think it's still a garbage fire of a program. They have a lot to figure out. I'm picking Arizona State. Navy and Kansas State. I'm picking Navy. Navy has an amazing ground game, ranked 23rd in the nation. You know, yeah, it's a one-dimensional gr- ground-and-pound offense with that wing off uh, option, but I'm telling you, it's just like the Big Ten. You know it's coming, but can you stop it? That's another thing. If you know it's coming, cool, but can you stop the known? Wyoming and Georgia State. Folks, I truly know nothing about either of these teams. I'm picking Wyoming. I'm picking Wyoming in this. Because why not? Utah and Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Utah had a chance to be in the playoff, and they got upset by Oregon. And then you have Texas, who I frankly feel is kind of lucky to be in this bowl game, given the season that they've had, and recently the garbage fire, uh, the, the trouble they've had with the early signing day under Tom Herman. Um, I, I'm going to pick Utah. I'm picking Utah just because I feel that there's a lot of drama going on at Texas. Tom Herman really is kind of going through a a troubling uh, moment right now. I think Utah, this is a great season, and they're going to want to cap it off with an Alamo Bowl win. And again, Alamo Bowl is one of the top-tier bowl games. It's not a a BCS bowl game, the Alamo Bowl. So I will say say that I think Utah is going to take her business. I think that this is further going to give Texas a lot of questions going into the offseason. Uh, and I feel that that uh, Utah is going to finish strong. And now we have our January 1 bowl games. These are the big-time bowl games. Now you have Minnesota and Auburn. This is Minnesota's fourth test, okay? Their first one was against Penn State at home, and like we said, they passed it. And then they went on the road to Iowa and failed and lost. Then they faced their arch rival and lost. So, this is my question for Minnesota, Okay. Is, is is the layoff too much for this bowl game? Is Because Auburn's been here. 
coached Gus Melzahn. He's been here, and I know that uh, that um, uh, the coach at Minnesota, uh, you know, he's been there before with Western Michigan. We took him to the Cotton Bowl. But I'm telling you, he's been there once. Melzahn's been there a few more times, okay? But who, who knows? I'll say this. I think Minnesota hangs around. I think they hang around, but I think Auburn's experience and their 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 degree of beating Alabama, I think that helps them win out. I really do. So I'm going to pick Auburn in that. But I do think that regardless, Minnesota's going to have a great showing. I really do. Michigan and Alabama. And what's shocking is Alabama's only favored by seven points. I know some of their players have aren't playing, you know, have elected to skip out because of the draft. I, folks, you're going to hate me for this. I'm picking Michigan. I'm going to pick Michigan in this because I feel that this isn't the same Michigan team that got blown out by Ohio State. I feel that that punch in the gut really um, was really good for them. And I think that being able to face a high-quality opponent has re-energized them because it's hard to go into a bowl game after an, a season-ending loss to your rival. But I think that depending on who you're facing, can either lower or elevate the importance of that game. So if Michigan is facing, like, Mississippi State or Mississippi, I'm not going to lie. I feel like they'd kind of just go in. They're not really taking taking much pride in this game. I feel that because they're facing Alabama, they realize that they're going to have to give it all, and they are going to have a ton to prove and play for, not only for themselves, but for their coach, too, and, and, and Michigan. So I'm picking Michigan just because I think mentally they're going to be locked into this game. So I'm picking Michigan in that. Next, we have the Rose Bowl. Oregon versus Wisconsin. This is uh, a great matchup. It could not be more equal. Wisconsin's only favored by three. Um, I'm going to pick Wisconsin, and this is my only reason why. I feel that because of the Big Ten style of play, that they will chew up more clock than Oregon. And I feel that they will uh, have the, the upper hand in terms of, of time of possession. I think I really think that that's the only it. I think Oregon has better athletes, including their quarterback back there, who we have, you know, we've talked about all season. But I feel that Wisconsin's game plan will be a lot better and that they will um, they'll just eat up more clock. That's what I feel. Next, we have Georgia and Baylor. I'm picking Georgia in this game simply for reasons that I didn't pick Oklahoma, that Baylor doesn't have a defense, and it's just nature of that conference. You can't give up a 23 lead and expect to be fine. You can't do that. And Georgia's only favored by five. I feel they should be favored by more. I feel Baylor's going to show up, and it could be a shootout, but I feel in the end that's the thing that's going to harm them, so I am picking Georgia. All right, on the second... We have Boston College and Cincinnati. I'm picking Cincinnati in this game with uh, Coach Fickle. Um, I, I think that he's coached up that Cincinnati team really well, and I think they're going to show out against Boston College. Indiana and Tennessee. Indiana is going to win this game, folks. Again, Tennessee is that team where, God, we, we are so shocked that they're here. We really are. We are shocked that they are in this bowl game. Throughout, throughout all of the, the pain and agony that they have shown, like, my God, can you believe it? And here they are, folks. Here they are. So I'm going to pick Indiana. Um, I think Tennessee still kind of has some kinks to work out. Indiana's having one of their best seasons in the last like 25 years. So that's what I'll that's what I'll do. Next Friday we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's not really that famous of a bowl, but only for its name. Uh, Ohio and Nevada. Again, I don't know anything about these teams. I really don't. 
Um, Ohio's favored by eight points. Oh, no. Yeah, eight points. Uh, let's pick Ohio. Why not? We're just going to pick Ohio. I don't. I, I have no dog in the fight. I don't know anything about those teams, but hey, what the hell? And then our last pick is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Talk about a name. Tulane against Southern Miss. Tulane's favored, and I like Tulane, so I'm going to pick Tulane. Um, again, folks, that's the, the fun part about it is I really don't know who, uh, who, who could win that game. I don't know anything about those teams, but that's the thing of it. So... We'll save the national championship predictions for next week. Um, after that, we'll really only have two games. Um, so that's what we'll do. But but with that, we'll kind of break down Clemson and LSU, kind of go into detail a- and see what, what, what's what. So anyway, that's that's what that is. Anyway, folks, thank you for listening. It was, it was a great national championship semifinal. Let's just hope that the national title is just as good. I think it will. But hey, you never know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Like, share, and subscribe, um, and give a good review. Thank you for listening.